Welcome in to the Chiefs Business Podcast. You are here with Andy and... Gavin. Gavin, How are you doing? Uh, good. Good? No more school for three months. No more school for three months. It's been a little while since we gave you a podcast. About a month. Just right before the NFL draft, we actually... Gave you quite a few of them. Uh, some of them were shorter than others, but uh, gave you quite a few of them right before the draft. Now we are back to talk about what happened during the draft. You excited, Gav? Oh, yes. Very much so. Very much so. I was watching the, the entire thing. Gavin watched the entire thing? In Washington. In Washington? Yeah. What were you doing in Washington? Ah, uh, taking a break, though. From what? School. What did you do in Washington? Like, I saw all the monuments that I haven't seen, which is not, well, a good amount of them. Well, that's cool. I was also not in Kansas City. You were You were at the draft. That's not fair. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was at the draft. I'm going I? to the draft next year because it's in Kansas City. It is in Kansas City next year. But I was actually sitting down and thinking about it while I was in Las Vegas this year. This year was the 20th draft that I have seen in person. Oh, he did. It's crazy. I did not realize that I had been to that many, but it is the case. Number 20 this year in Las Vegas. And you know what? 21's next year in Kansas City. Well, that is true, but that's not what I was thinking about. I was thinking that the Chiefs decided to celebrate my visiting the draft for the 20th time by having a really good draft. And having a really good after. Yeah, got a couple of guys, even an undrafted free agency, that have a very good chance to make the team, I would say. No, I meant like after the draft, like... 30 minutes after the draft. Oh, what happened 30 minutes after the draft? Marshmallow played, yay! Yeah. Me and uh, me and Grandpa got to hang around for a Marshmallow concert. Got to make Gavin very jealous. Why didn't you take me? I would have gone just for that. <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to get in. What? You didn't have a ticket. We only got two tickets. Buy me one. It's not a buy thing. We only get the tickets because we've been going for so long. They won't just give us extra ones. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry, bud. Can I go to? Can I go next year? Next year, you should be able to go. We'll have to. We'll have to talk to Grandpa and see if we can figure out how we can get more people in. Oh no! So maybe, maybe one day it'll be Grandpa and Uncle Warren, and then maybe another day it'll be you and me, and we can figure it all out. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Anywho, let's go ahead and jump into what happened in that NFL draft this year. Chiefs went into the draft with 12 picks after they traded Tyreek Hill this offseason. That uh, really filled up their, uh, their little piggy bank with draft capital. So they were poised to have a good showing, and pretty much by all accounts, they did just that. Don't you think, Gav? Mm-hmm. All right. 
Well, we will jump right into it then. Originally, the Chiefs were supposed to be drafting at number 29. So uh, everyone kind of expected them to be, you know, wait till late in the round to get their picks in. But the Chiefs kind of surprised everyone. Nuh-uh, girlfriend. Nuh-uh, girlfriend? You weren't surprised? What? No, I was just saying, nuh-uh, girlfriend. Oh, okay. That's what the Chiefs said. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the Chiefs did say, nuh-uh, girlfriend. Got a little snap in there. No. Nuh-uh, girlfriend. <laughs> Can't snap that well. <laughs> and I haven't snapped in a while. So, the Chiefs actually ended up trading up. From 29 up to 21 with the Patriots, with the New England Patriots, which if you remember the episode before the draft, the draft preview that we did, Gavin and I actually identified the Patriots as a potential place the Chiefs could move up. We're smart. We're smart. That was loud. So the Chiefs actually did end up moving up to 21 from 29. In doing so, they traded pick number 93 in the third round and pick number 121 in the fourth round for the opportunity to move up to 21. So, Gab, why don't you let us know what they did with that 21st pick? With the 21st pick in the NFL draft, the the Kansas City Chiefs select... Trent McDuffie, sent corner out of Washington. <laughs> God, I've been playing. I've, I've been playing FIFA all day. Yeah, he really wanted to call him a center back there, but uh, cornerback. As as it's as it's nicknamed on this podcast, a center back. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a deep cut for those of you who listen to every episode, right there. So Trent McDuffie. As Gavin mentioned, a corner out of Washington University. Center back. Cent- fine, center back. So, uh, he was actually rated. Uh, Dane Brugler is one of the uh, best in the business as far as media draft raiders go. Um, he, he puts out a document every single year, a draft guide that's termed the beast because of all of the information that he is able to put together. Uh, so he's widely regarded as one of the best kind of analysts, media analysts for the draft. He actually had Trent McDuffie as his number 11 rated prospect. Oh, he did. He sure did. And so there were a couple of other corners that were a little bit more highly regarded. Uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati and Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. Stingy. And... Brookler actually had Trent McDuffie rated higher than Stingley Jr. Stingley Jr. ended up going number three overall to the Texans. So we got a guy who some people had rated higher than the number three overall pick. Really? Yeah. Wow. So as far as the type of player that Trent McDuffie is, he is 5'10". Three quarters, weighs 193 pounds. He ran the 40-yard dash in 4.44 seconds. The one area that's kind of a knock on him is his arm length. His arms are a little bit under 30 inches long. So when you get into jump ball situations, that potentially could be a little bit of a hindrance, which may be the reason that he fell down the board a little bit into the area where the Chiefs could get him. Basketball. 
I know it's not basketball, but why did you are, say jump ball? Because there are situations where sometimes the quarterback's just like, I'm going to throw it up and I hope my receiver can catch it for me. It's called a jump ball scenario. Anyway. Anywho, one of the things that, that that's that that's the knock against Trent McDuffie, but a lot of the evaluators, if you got him. Like if you if you took that out of the equation, let's say his his arms were an inch longer, thirty one, he probably would have been a top ten pick in this draft. A lot of people says when you watch the tape, he actually had the best tape of any corner in this draft. Really, he is a very very sticky player, and what I mean by that is he is able to stay kind of right in the hip pocket of the wide receivers when you watch him on tape. Washington University very well known for putting out NFL caliber corners. So uh, I think they did a really good job here at getting tremendous value uh, without having to give up too much. Third and a fourth rounder, you know, that, that might sound like a little bit, uh, a lot to some people. But, uh, you know, I think for the value they got, it's definitely a, a move that they needed to make. And, uh, you know, Buffalo was also in the market for a cornerback, and the Chiefs ended up trading up in front of Buffalo. And Buffalo had a little... uh draft day documentary thing and they actually showed the piece where the chiefs traded up in front of buffalo and you could see the look on the executive faces when they moved up and they took trent mcduffie and it seemed like the buffalo people were were upset by that buffalo a couple of picks later ended up trading up so they could get a corner the that ended up you know, being being the guy that they they selected was Kair Elam from Florida. We stole their pick. So heidi, heidi, ha, ha. Yeah, I think we did. I think we stole their pick. So I'm pretty sure that was the spot that we needed to move to if we wanted to get him. And uh, he's a, a fantastic selection in my opinion. So, cornerback, one of the big needs that we had going into the draft. We got a we got a first round guy the first time Brett Veach had done that in his tenure. Prior to this selection, the highest he had drafted a corner was in the fourth round. So that's one one need addressed. Probably still need some depth there, but we will get to that in the near future. So the Chiefs were back on the clock again in the first round a little bit later on. And Gav, why don't you let us know what happened with that one? For the 30th pick of the NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select... George Karloftis, defensive end, Purdue. That is correct. George Karloftis, another guy that there was some discussion before the draft that probably wasn't going to make it down to the Chiefs. Now, the, the main portion of the discussion that we had before the draft was kind of the main four guys that were kind of considered the, the best prospects at the end position uh, or the edge position. And... uh then we said there was kind of some some spots where there was a guy or two that were kind of in their own tier. Well, George Karloftis was one of those guys that was in his own tier. Still considered a first-round pick, but was kind of underneath those first four guys. And believe it or not, heading into the season, George Karloftis was considered a top-ten pick. And if you watched Purdue this season at all, you probably noticed that Almost every single time that there was a play, George Karloftis was either double teamed or triple teamed in some cases. What? 
in order to keep him from impacting the play. Oh, he did. And a few times he was still able to. Um, but one of the things that because he was getting so much attention and nobody else on Purdue was really able to step up and do anything with it, pretty much the entire season they were able to continue to double and triple team him. So he didn't have quite the production that everybody expected in 2022 college football season. But, yes, Kev? Oh, I was just, I was getting ready for the next pick. Oh, okay. But he is definitely a guy who has immense talent for sure. He's six foot three and three quarters, weighs 266 pounds. He ran the 40 in 4.77 seconds, which is pretty decent uh, for a defensive end, especially one of his size. Um, arms are a little bit on the short end, 32 and 5 eighths inches, but it's not anything that's going to be a hindrance to him. He literally just, just turned 21 right before the draft. <laughs> so he's still a young guy. He's got a lot to learn. Actually came from Greece when he was in high school. What? He only started playing football five years ago. So one of the the, the knocks on him, I mentioned uh, the, the arm length already a little bit, and that's kind of a knock on him. The other thing is he's not tremendously bendy. So what that means is, you know, when you get you know, a little bit past an offensive lineman, that ability to kind of lower your shoulder and turn the corner to get towards the quarterback. Uh, that's not particularly a thing that he is great at, but he has a fantastic motor. He just will not give up on plays. One of the things about him at Purdue, he was also always in the game. Very rarely ended up coming out of it. So I think definitely a good fit. Um, if you listen to the phone call, of when they called him to draft him, Spagnolo got on the phone and talked to him, and he seemed extremely excited to get Karloftis in the building. Spagnolo usually likes those bigger edges, which is definitely what Karloftis is. So I think they had definitely had him very highly rated going into the draft. So that rounded up day one. Two of their biggest needs addressed. Now, the only thing that people were probably thinking is, all right, well, there were some wide receivers on the board. What are we going to do at wide receiver at 50? We got to hope some guys fall. Hopefully they fall. And believe it or not, there were some guys that fell. So many of them, in fact, that the Chiefs felt comfortable moving back from pick 50 to pick number 54. In the meantime, they picked up a fifth-round pick, which they did not have. Prior to this selection, they had already traded it away previously. With that pick number 54, what did the Chiefs do, Cap? For the 54th pick in the NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Sky Moore, wide receiver, Western Michigan. Sky Moore from Western Michigan. This is a guy that actually a lot of people thought would be a fantastic fit with the Chiefs. Uh, Rich Eisen, who is a kind of a mainstay on NFL Network, he's the guy who's usually doing the the uh, the main anchor work on, on the draft day. He also does it for the combine. Uh, he mentioned prior to the draft that when he was watching Sky Moore at the combine, he was thinking, you know, this probably won't happen because they've got Tyree Kill, but Sky Moore really looks like a player that would work great 
in an Andy Reid offense. And I think he's right. Now, Sky Moore comes from a smaller college, Western Michigan. He's also a little bit of a smaller guy in terms of height, but he's a very, very dense athlete. He's 5'9", it's a little over 5'9 and a half, but he weighs 195 pounds. So similar, similar in stature to Tyreek Hill. Uh, he, he runs the 40 and 441, the 146-10 yard uh, split on that. So he's got very, very good quickness. Um, his relative athletic score is 7.52, which is good, um, but that speed, the speed rating that he has actually elite there. Uh, a couple of other important things about him. He is a fantastic route runner, probably the best route runner of anybody in this draft class at the wide receiver position. And he's got the biggest hands of any wide receiver in the draft and that kind of manifested itself throughout his career. He only had three drops. Uh, he was kind of the main receiving threat for Western Michigan. He still found a way to get open. Uh, like I said, he's a fantastic route runner. He's very good at beating press at the line of scrimmage, and that's one of the things that the Chiefs really needed some help with last year. They, uh, Outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, there wasn't really anybody else that was able to create separation, specifically quick separation. Um and that's the thing that I think Sky Moore is going to be able to do once he gets in and learns the offense. Um, so I think he was a fantastic value pick. I would have been happy if they would have picked him at 29 or 30 in their original, if they kept their original pick set. If they would have taken him at 29 or 30, I would have been happy. If they would have taken him at 50, I would have been ecstatic. They were able to trade back, get another fifth round pick, and still get him at 54. And uh, like if you, if you asked Grandpa, who was sitting right next to me, he would tell you that I was fired up when we picked Sky Moore. I was fired up. Let's go. Where are we going? Super Bowl, baby. Hey, <laughs> must be the money. <laughs> Next pick. All right. So after pick 54, the Chiefs were back on the clock again with pick number 62, still in the second round. What happened with that one, Gav? With the 62nd pick in the NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Brian Cook. Uh, hang on. Hold that thought of thinking. What position is he? Safety. Okay, restarting. For the 62nd pick in the NFL draft, the, Chief, the, the Kansas City Chiefs select Brian Cook. Safety, Cincinnati. Brian Cook. I totally didn't screw it up there. Cincinnati. First time through. Nailed it. Yay! (laughs) Brian Cook was a six foot, a little over six foot tall. Safety weighs 206 pounds. He actually did not get to participate in any of the testing um, in in the lead up to the draft process because of a shoulder injury that he had. Uh, If he had, some people thought that he may end up going a little bit higher. Um, He probably went right around where he was supposed to go, I would say. One of the things that is kind of his trademark, well, he's got two things that are really his trademark. One is versatility. He actually started out his career at Howard University. When he was there, he was a corner. 
then he transferred to Cincinnati, made the move over to safety. Uh, he was behind a couple of guys who ended up getting drafted last year um, into the NFL. So this was kind of his one season to get in there and, and really make an impact. And the other kind of thing that he hangs his hat on is physicality. Six foot, 206, not huge for a defensive back, but this man will hit you. If you're a receiver going over the middle of the field, you'll probably know where he's at because if you catch the ball and he's nearby, he's going to hit you. He's not afraid to stick his nose in there against the run, and like it's something that you will notice when we start talking about more and more of these draft picks. All of these dudes have what are called football character. They love to play the game of football, They're going to do whatever it takes to benefit the team, and they're going to be physical. They're they're not afraid to get in there and stick their nose, stick their nose in there to to help make a play for the defense. And Brian Cook is no exception to that. Uh, Andy Reid, in the uh, press conference shortly after they drafted Cook, said that they thought if he had tested, uh, he probably wouldn't have been there at the end of the second round. Uh, There was some reports pre-draft that. he ran somewhere in the four fours uh, in his senior year at, at Cincinnati. So, um, you know, he's, he's probably the one that went right around where he was supposed to go. Most of the rest of these picks that we'll talk about were guys that Chiefs really got great value at, at selecting. So, um, you know, of, of the kind of the top level picks here, he's probably the one that I'm least excited about. But I also think... He's a tremendous upgrade. More than likely, the position that he's going to be filling is that Dan Sorensen role. Ooh, sucky guy. Yeah. So to replace an aging guy who always seemed to be in the wrong spot with an extremely versatile guy who you can put in the defense, and he probably will be successful in most places, not afraid to stick his nose in there and hit some people. Whereas, again, you compare that to Dan Sorensen, who had a couple of points during the season, led the league in missed tackles. I think that's a nice little change out there that can be a tremendous benefit to the defense moving forward. Chiefs weren't done on day two. They still had a pick left in the third round. Gav, what do you think they did with it? Four. The hundred and third pick in the NFL draft. The Kansas, Kansas City, City Chiefs. Chiefs select Leo Chanel, linebacker, uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. For any of those loyal listeners that we've got, Wisconsin is the land of cheese and also the land of Gigi. Eat cheese or die. Eat cheese or die, as Aunt Terry likes to say. Uh, So Leo Chanel uh, went to school at the University of Wisconsin, which is up in Gigi's neighborhood. He is a linebacker. He's a big linebacker. Six, a little over six, two and a half, weighed 250 pounds. But guess what? Even at that size... He is a tremendous athlete. Tremendous. We've talked about it before. Relative athletic score rates essentially how well that the players performed um, at the different combine drills 
dating all the way back to, I think, 1987 when they kind of first started compiling all of this information. Oh, my God. It's a grading scale from 0 to 10, 10 being the highest. Guess the score, Gav, this question for you. Guess the score that Leo Chanel got. Not quite. 9.5. The third highest scoring linebacker in the history of the recordings from the NFL Combine. So I basically got it right. So you basically got it right. So what does that correspond to? Go ahead, Gav. I got closer than anything else. That's true. <laughs> wow. So what does that correspond to in terms of, of, of times? Uh, so he ran a 4, 5, 3, 40, 10 yard split in one, uh, 1.5 seconds, which is tremendous uh, for a linebacker, especially one of his size. Uh, what was he asked to do at Wisconsin? He was a fantastic run defender at Wisconsin, and he was a fantastic blitzer. At Wisconsin. So uh, one of the tapes that people uh, have been talking about since the Chiefs drafted Leo Chanel was against Iowa. Iowa historically has had very good offensive linemen, uh, offensive lines, I should say, also good offensive linemen. <laughs> um, but this year, the, the top center that was drafted, Tyler Linderbaum, came from Iowa, drafted in the first round. When you put on the tape of Wisconsin and playing Iowa, Leo Chanel dominated the Iowa offensive lineman, dominated Tyler Linderbaum all game. Chiefs got him at the end of the third round, pick 103. So uh, Leo Chanel, he's another guy. I mentioned it before with, with Brian Cook. Physicality, man. He wants to be a heat-seeking missile. See the ball, get the ball. And he wants to hit a dude while he's doing it. Me too. <laughs> I slapped my dad. So you're probably thinking a big dude that size, that good of an athlete, what's he still doing there in the third round? So one of the things that Wisconsin never really asked him to do, so he doesn't have a lot of experience doing it and didn't look fantastic doing it during the pre-draft process, is in coverage. So that's kind of a question mark for him. Um, and that's essentially the reason that he fell. So luckily for the chiefs, they happen to have a position open where they need a guy to play 25, 30% of the snaps as that third linebacker with the responsibilities, probably mostly looking out for running backs and maybe a little bit rushing the rushing the passer. I got it. Who? Leo Chanel. Sounds like a great fit. Yay! Again, I mentioned Leo Chanel. Picked at 103. Dane Brugler, who I mentioned before, actually had Leo Chanel rated as the 54th best prospect in this draft. Once again, tremendous value. A position of need once again. Chiefs doing a fantastic job this draft of marrying up Positional need with value on their draft board. That was the end of day two. And when me and grandpa walked out of the draft on day two, we were psyched. So psyched, we decided to go to In-N-Out and have a cheeseburger. 
See, now I really wish that I came with you. <laughs> Seeing the draft or not. <laughs> you'll get a chance to. You're going to California this summer. I'm sure you'll be able to get in and out. Do they have in and outs in Alaska? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> if they do, probably I, not. I'm having double in and outs if they do. You'll probably be in California long enough to get multiple in and outs if you want to. Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, for breakfast, I'm having in and out. For lunch, I'm having in and out. For dinner, I'm having in and out. For midnight snack, I'm having in and out. Anyway. That's lots of in and out. Yeah. They only serve like three things. So that's going to be lots of in and out. <laughs> Anywho, that brings us to day three. Going into day three of the draft, the Chiefs had a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, which they acquired in the trade back to get Sky Moore, and four seventh-round picks. Now, Brett Veach talked before the draft, those seventh-round picks were probably dudes that they were going to, you know, guys who they didn't think they were going to be able to sign as undrafted free agents. Um, and so that's kind of probably what they were going to use those picks for, but, uh, they, you know, have to wait and see what happened. So the first pick the chiefs made in second day of the draft was in the fourth round. Gav, why don't you let us know who it was for the 135th pick in the NFL draft, the Kansas city Chiefs select Joshua Williams, corner, Fayetteville State. That is correct. Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State was actually the first player drafted from an HBCU, which is historically black college or university, uh, in the last few years. Um, he was a guy who actually had a third-round grade on him, and uh, I would actually compare him pretty favorably to – uh, a guy that the Chiefs just lost to the 49ers in free agency. Do you remember who that was, Gal? What? The corner that the Chiefs just lost to the 49ers in free agency. Hello, silence, my old friend. <laughs> I come to talk with you again. Uh, he actually reminds me a lot of... The... Can I say? Can I see? Yeah, you go, Gal. Saw various word. Sarvarius Ward, also known as Charvarius Ward, <laughs> uh, was an undrafted free agent that the, the Chiefs uh, actually traded for about four years ago. Um, did a fantastic job for the Chiefs once he had a little bit of development time and uh, ended up signing a very lucrative deal with the 49ers this year, somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 to $14.5 million a year, nice, which is a lot of money. How, how many years? Uh, three years. But Joshua Williams, he's a, a similar athlete uh, to Charvarius Ward. But the thing about Joshua Williams, he is almost six foot three inches tall. So he is a big dude. So you're basically calling yourself a big dude? Uh, I, I, I think people would consider me a big dude. You're six um, four. Yeah. But uh, definitely in terms of cornerbacks. Um, he's also a big dude. Uh, overall, his relative athletic score, you want to give this one a guess? I can tell you it's not as good as Leo Chanel's. But what? the relative athletic score, 0 to 10 grade, it's not as good as Leo Chanel's, but it's still pretty good. 
Up. Up. Eight point. Up. Nine point seven. Nine point five. Close. Nine point four oh. I hate this game. <laughs> and I need like seventy five hints. All good, man. It's like going from zero to ten when you include two decimal places. That means there's like. A thousand numbers that it could have been. One point ninety five seventy point through Xbox XD four six three five X Lamborghini four three version X. Exactly. I couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> An Xbox and a Lamborghini have nothing in common. True. Although there are probably games on the Xbox that you could play as a Lamborghini. That would be the only thing I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so back to Joshua Williams. Uh, so it's obviously going to be a step up in competition from Fayetteville State. So he's probably going to need a little bit of time to to acclimate to the NFL. Um, he's going to have better coaching than he's ever had uh, throughout his career. So I think there's definitely the possibility that maybe once we get to the end of the first year or getting into that second year, the Chiefs really could have a steal on their hands getting him in the fourth round. So I think once again, the Chiefs got fantastic value at a position of need. Let me know if you've heard that before. Okay, next pick. So Chiefs had a fifth-round pick, and somewhere in the middle, middle, later, middle part of the round, and there was a guy they decided they really needed to have. They had four seventh-round picks to go along with the fifth-rounder that they still had left. They decided to package up one of those picks, one of those seventh-round picks, along with their fifth-rounder to move up to the top end of the fifth round. And with that pick, which happened to be number 145, who did the Chiefs select, Gav? For the 145th pick in the NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Darian Kennard. Tackle. Kentucky. Offensive tackle out of Kentucky, Darian Kennard. Once again, I'm going to reference Dane Brugler. In his draft guide, he had Darian Kennard rated as a second-round prospect. And the Chiefs got him in the fifth round. Fantastic value once again. Yay! We buy any car! (laughs) (laughs) We buy any car! Yeah. We buy any... Wait, no. We buy any player. We buy any player. All right. So why it's that ad that I remember so well. I don't even know what ad it is, and I'm glad that I don't know it. (laughs) So once again, Chiefs have been getting fantastic value. Once again, the Chiefs are getting a guy at a position of need. (coughs) The Chiefs kind of have a hole going into the year at right tackle. Andrew Wiley has been the guy who kind of been holding it down uh, lately since Lucas Niang got hurt about halfway through last year. Lucas Niang, the timetable says maybe by the end of training camp, he's going to be able to get back in and start working. Probably not going to be in time for the season to start. He's probably going to have to start on the pup list, physically unable to perform, which means he'd be out for at least the first six weeks of the season. Um, 
And then even then, he was kind of struggling in his in his first year over at right tackle. Now, granted, he had not played in a couple of years, and there, he was definitely showing flashes that he could be a very good player over there. Um, but with the particular injury that he had, that's definitely a difficult one. It was a um, torn patella tendon, and uh, that's that can be difficult for bigger dudes, especially offensive lineman dudes to recover from, uh, specifically very quickly. So there's definitely the potential that this could be a thing that lingers into the season, which would leave them with just Andrew Wiley as their right tackle. And then outside of that, not a ton of other guys. So I definitely think right tackle was a secondary need for the chiefs. And they were able to address that need with the second round value in the fifth round. So just a little bit more about Darian Kennard. He is a big dude. Six foot five, 322 pounds, 35 inch arms, which is one of the things that Andy Reid loves in his offensive lineman. And so I think Darian Kennard would definitely fit the more physical profile of the offensive line that the Chiefs have been building. You know, last year they brought in Orlando Brown, who's definitely more of a physical guy um, as opposed to kind of the more athletic and agile guys that they've had in, in Andy Reid's tenure here. They brought in a Creed Humphrey, a big physical dude. They brought in a Trey Smith, a big physical dude. And I think Darian Kennard fits that profile. And the past two seasons actually won SEC Offensive Lineman of the Year playing right tackle at Kentucky. Second round grade, fantastic value for the Chiefs. They've said he's going to have every opportunity to to learn out there at the right tackle spot. If it doesn't work out there, he can always kick into guard um, and be fantastic depth there at both of those places. So, again, fantastic value at a position of need. Chiefs did it again. Now, after this pick, there was a little bit of a gap. From they drafted at the beginning of the fifth round, number 145, almost 100 picks later, they were finally back on the clock at pick one. Or Sorry, not one. <laughs> Did you know that if you add 100 to 145, you're not in the hundreds anymore? Because apparently I don't. I didn't know that. Yeah. It totally isn't the whole entire reason uh, I went to a sporting game yesterday. Woof. Apparently math is not my strong suit. Which is not, not, mine either. not great for an accountant. <laughs> Anywho, Chiefs were back on the clock. Pick 243. What'd they do with that pick, Gav? Seventh round. For the 243rd pick in the NFL draft, the... Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs select Jalen Watson, defensive back... Washington State. I was about to say derpy back. (laughs) (laughs) So we're down into the seventh round now, which most of the time means these guys probably are going to be maybe, maybe not make the roster. Jalen Watson probably actually has a very similar profile to Joshua Williams, who we talked about before, the nearly six foot three corner. Jalen Watson, six foot two corner. He ran the 40 in 4.48 seconds. 
Got the nice long arms that the Chiefs like. Big physical dude. His relative athletic score, not quite as good as Joshua Williams. 4.2. No. I'll just say this one. It was actually a 9.19. So, again, definitely on the high end of the scale. He did better than, like... Athleticism. He did better than, like, who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Joshua Williams? Nope. Joshua Williams is a 9.4. Then it has to be Darian Kennard. Yeah, Darian Kennard. He was not known as an athletic dude, but... uh, Big physical dude is what Kennard was. Okay, moving on. So I'm not done, not quite done yet with Jalen Watson. That's not nice. (laughs) So Jalen Watson, you know, I'm continuing to reference Dane Brugler, but again, he does good work. And with the Dane Brugler draft guide, he actually had Jalen Watson rated somewhere between the fourth and fifth round as a prospect, and the Chiefs got him in the seventh round. Why do we keep getting all these guys so late? I don't know why they fell, but the Chiefs were doing a fantastic job of bringing those guys in. So, Chiefs were pretty thin there uh, before the draft even started, uh, and now they've added three talented dudes into the fold. One of those guys is going to be a starter right out of the gate, Trent McDuffie. And uh, the other two dudes, I think, definitely are developmental for the future guys. Give them a year to sit and learn, and you may have... uh, there, that may be your three starting cornerbacks starting next year, um, depending upon what happens with Jerry Sneed going forward. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, with three picks in the seventh round, it didn't take much time until the Chiefs were on the clock again. Gav, what was the next pick for the, the Kansas pick was City in Chiefs? Like Ten seconds ago. Uh. Why'd you take so long? Why'd you take so long? Because. The pick was in 10 seconds ago. Come on, man. Hey, 10 seconds after the pick is made is pretty good. Roger Goodell takes a lot longer than that to announce the picks. For the 251st pick in the NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. Um, running back, Rutgers. Yes, Isaiah Pacheco. This is a guy who Dane Brugler had rated as a seventh-round pick, so he probably went right about where he was supposed to go. But the thing about Pacheco, the Rutgers' offense wasn't fantastic. They don't have fantastic talent. So, you know, getting him in a situation where he's around more talented people actually could benefit him. Um, he's five foot ten, weighs two hundred and sixteen pounds. So he's a bigger dude for a running back. Even with that size, though, he ran the forty in four point three seven seconds. Very fast. Uh, the other thing about him, he actually takes pride in his pass protection. Dun, 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 not quite dun, ready. Dun, dun. So no, there, I'm, not, I'm it, not saying the pick. Just oh, means okay. The pick is in. I'm sorry. That was the noise that they usually make when the pick was in. Yeah. So, uh, believe it or not, one of the uh, one of the uh, local outlets that likes to cover the drafts, the Kansas City Sports Network, actually went out to the uh, to the East West Shrine Game this year, and uh, they actually got to talk to a few players. They happened to talk to Isaiah Pacheco um, at that 
that uh, all-star game and uh, they asked him what, what was uh, a play that he was most proud of uh, from his time when he was at Rutgers. And he actually mentioned a play where he had to make a block on a blitzing defender in order to keep his quarterback clean so that the quarterback could make a play that ended up scoring, scoring a touchdown for their team. So it seems like another guy that's got high football character, takes pride in doing the little things. Um, with the Chiefs losing, Daryl Williams, the running back, um, to free agency this offseason, um, I think that he's a guy who's definitely got the ability to, to slide in there and, and be a very good pass protector. So I think that's kind of his way to get to the field. Um, I think his running style actually fits very well with the offensive line that the Chiefs have built. So, again, it may not be an immediate thing, but if they, if Pacheco does get an opportunity uh, to get on the field, I would not be surprised if he is successful this season or in the near future. So we have almost rounded it out. Chiefs had one more pick on the board. Yeah, who was that? With the 259th pick in the NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Nazi Johnson, safety, Marshall. So this was the one pick in the draft that I actually did not know a ton about uh, when the Chiefs made the pick. Beings that it was the fourth from the last pick in the draft. I'm okay with that being the, the, the time that the Chiefs take the guy that I didn't know a ton about. Uh, but just to fill everybody else in, he's five foot ten, weighs about 200 pounds. He ran the 40 in a 4.35 seconds. Uh, so he's definitely got some speed to his game. Um, I think this is definitely a situation where just like just like Brett Veach mentioned, they would use those seventh round picks to get guys uh, that they didn't think they were going to be able to sign as undrafted free agents. Um, and I, I think, not speaking specifically about Nazi Johnson, but uh, Brett Veach did say uh, at their kind of wrap up press conference that the reason that they took so many defensive backs at the end of the draft there was because. They had already drafted a few of them that they didn't think they were going to be able to sign them as undrafted free agents. So that is the scenario that I think Nazi Johnson falls into. Um, he did play mostly corner at Marshall, and they announced him as a safety. So I think he's another one of those guys who could be kind of moving back and forth between the slot corner and the safety position, similar to what Tyron Matthew did. Uh, he's a little bit of a smaller dude, definitely bigger than Matthew was, but on the smaller side of what the Chiefs like in their secondary. So um, that could be a potential role for him. Um, also with that speed and size, he definitely could be a special teams guy as well. So that about wraps up the actual draft picks that the Chiefs made during the draft. Oh, when the Chiefs go marching in. Oh, when the Chiefs go marching in. Oh, how I want to be at the game. When the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, Chiefs went into the Question? draft. Yeah. Oh, yes. Go ahead, Gav. Where's the, where's the Super Bowl this year? This year, the Super Bowl is in... Where's the Super Bowl this year? 
Mm. I will keep them entertained. We buy any car. We oh buy my gosh. Car. Pick a new thing to be less annoying with. Uh, uh, man, I really wish that we got, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, well, he got selected before the Chiefs picked in the draft a couple years ago. <laughs> so that really wasn't... Uh, the only reason I want him is to, is to see the gritty every time he... Well, right. you can just watch when, you know, he does the gritty. I said right foot creep. Yeah, missing right Okay, okay yeah, well, singing the song that goes along with the gritty doesn't help people visualize the gritty. Uh, okay, fine, I'll visualize <laughs> So he runs, he runs. Podcast is he not a great. Pe- All right, so I got the I got jukes- the location if we're ready to move on here. Hang on, I'm telling uh, them about the gritty. Uh, so he okay. jukes people out of his shorts, and then he goes, he runs, he taunts, and then he gritties. He's like... Nobody can see what you're doing right now except for me. Sadness. <laughs> you guys better see what I'm doing. Okay, so... The the Super Bowl is going to be uh, in Arizona this year. What? Yep. The, the Cardinal, Cardinal Stadium. Stadium? Yep. As I mentioned before, the Chiefs draft was very, very highly regarded by almost anyone who was given out draft, grading, draft grades and ratings. Yay! Which, again, at this point, all you're really doing with a draft grade, you're not able to know how good a player is going to be. So all you're basically grading is how well the team married up the value on the draft board versus the positions of need. As I mentioned time and time again throughout this, they did a fantastic job with that, which is why they were getting those draft, those really good draft grades this season. Now, it didn't just end there. The, the Chiefs actually brought in a couple more guys as undrafted free agents who I think have the potential to make the team. So I'm just going to touch on them real quick here. One of them may be a name that you actually recognize if you were watching college football a couple of years ago. Uh, He's a wide receiver at a Clemson named Justin Ross. And when Trevor Lawrence was there uh, with, uh, along with Ross. um, Ross from Friends? No, it's not Justin Ross. Uh, He did not, did not star on Friends at any point. Uh, he probably was not even born at the time Friends debuted. So Really? Yep. So, anywho, Justin Ross was a wide receiver from Clemson. He actually had a fantastic start to his career. Uh, he really dazzled some people in the college football playoffs in his true freshman year and, again, in his sophomore year before injuries kind of derailed uh, what was going to be a very, very promising career. Um, he did end up having to get some vertebrae, vertebrae fused um, in his neck, if I recall correctly. So there was definitely some injury concerns with him, which is why he ended up going undrafted. Um, I heard after the draft, somebody reported that there were only four teams that even had a draftable grade on Justin Ross. Most of them had taken him completely off of their board due to injuries. But... As an undrafted free agent, you're not spending a draft pick on it. All you're doing is signing in the dude and bringing him into camp, so the risk is extremely low on that. Um, Doctors have given him clearance to be able to come out and play. Um, Chiefs doctors have cleared him to be able to come out and play. And so if he's able to get back to the form that he had 
early in his career at Clemson, there were definitely people who thought he was on the trajectory to be a top 15 pick in the NFL draft had he not gotten hurt. So there is the potential that the Chiefs could have gotten a steal there at the wide receiver position. Uh, he's a bigger body dude, uh, 6'3", a little bit over 6'3 and a half, with 205 pounds. Um, he had a, a foot injury uh, during this past season that he was still recovering from as he went through the pre-draft process. So a lot of his times were not fantastic. Um, probably yet another reason why he fell, uh, leading to some of the concern from teams that he still was not all the way healthy. But uh, they they had uh, the the first time, the first set of OTAs this past weekend, and there was a video of him making a one-handed catch down around his ankles, still getting two feet in, and he made the catch look like it was easy. Mahomes was impressed. Travis Kelsey was impressed. Both of them were tweeting about it uh, on the, the Chiefs uh, when the Chiefs had tweeted out the video. So um, there's definitely a way that Justin Ross can make this team um, and, and fill some of the X receiver positions the Chiefs may need in the very near future. One other guy that I wanted to touch on that the Chiefs got as an undrafted free agent, Mike Rose, a linebacker out of Iowa State. Dane Brugler actually had a fourth or fifth round grade on him, and uh, he had a relative athletic score of 9.03 as a linebacker for Iowa State. Um not the fastest time, 4.69, 40 time. But again, uh, this is a guy who ended up going undrafted. The Chiefs got definitely had a draftable grade on him. Definitely has the ability to make the team, especially the linebacker position where the Chiefs were kind of thin. So that kind of wraps up the Chiefs draft. Summarizing everybody that they got. How do you think they did, Gav? Better. Better? Then. Then. Last. Last. Year. Yeah, you think they did better than last year? They. Repeat after me. They. They. Did. Did. Not. Not. Pick. Pick. Any. Any. One. One. From. From. Mizzou. Oh. Well, if I remember correctly, and we can go back and listen to the podcast, the Mizzou guy they drafted last year you said was your favorite draft pick. Yeah, because I liked his last name. <laughs> Well, he actually ended up being a very productive draft pick and is going to be probably one of the leaders on the defense this season. So you were definitely correct to have him as one of your favorite draft picks from last year. Yay! But I'm going to ask you the same question about this year's draft class. Who was your favorite draft pick for the Chiefs this year? This year? Yeah. Who has the best name? Who has the best name? Sky Moore. Sky Moore, I am right there with you. I already told you that I was fired up. Grandpa could tell you I was fired up when I picked Sky Moore. I just like the name. He's got I, a fantastic name. I go off. I go off best names. <laughs> He's got a fantastic name. He's got fantastic skills that I think are a fantastic fit for the Andy Reid offense. Obviously, he's got to get in. He's got to learn the playbook before he's really going to be able to get out there and make an impact on the team. 
So there's always a learning curve anytime a, a wide receiver gets into an Andy Reid offense. It's usually at least a year before they really understand everything that's happening. Um, but he's already been inside the building, did have a little bit of a hamstring injury. They told us that they said it was mild um, at the rookie mini camp. Um, so hopefully he'll be able to get in and start building that rapport with Patrick Mahomes, learning the ways that, that Patrick likes to have his receivers run his routes um, and really jump into that playbook. Um, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of new people in the Kansas city offense, especially at the wide receiver position. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to be new. Juju Smith Schuster is going to be new. McCole Hardman's going to be the veteran of the group. Having been here for this will be his fourth season. Um, and the sky Moore, uh, you know, is going to be brand new, obviously just being acquired through the draft. So there's going to be a lot of new guys. So there definitely could be an opportunity for him to make it out onto the field this season. But similar to last year, almost every single one of these draft picks, you can see the pathway for them to get onto the field, if not in the first year, definitely in the first couple of seasons, uh, with the exception of probably some of those seventh-round picks. But again, seventh-round picks, most of the time those are the guys that may not even make the team. Uh, so overall, fantastic draft in my opinion. Gav, you right there with me? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey. cool. Nice, bro. Nice. A couple of other small notes um, that happened after the draft. Tyron Matthew had been a free agent as of our last recording. He did end up signing a deal with the New Orleans Saints. He's going back to his hometown of New Orleans. Rejoining Dan Sorensen, oddly enough. No one likes that dude. <laughs> Dan Sorensen was fine when he was only doing the, the things that he should have been asked to do, which was special teams by the end of his career. Sucky. He was on the field way too much. He was sucky. I, I guess he was not good. He, he was, was not good on the field, but he continued to be put out on the field. So Okay. Um, is that the end? I think that is the end. So, Gav... Is there anything else you want to talk about this this episode? I think we got it all covered. I got it all covered. Don't worry, guys. I got this. You got this? Yeah. Well, I do want to say, why don't you keep your ears out for a bonus podcast. Uh, just keep an eye on your podcast feeds. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You, you, might, you, might, you might see a little bonus, a little uh-huh. bonus episode drop. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Gav, you know anything about that? No, I haven't heard. You haven't heard anything about that? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Well, a little birdie told me there was probably going to be a uh, a bonus pot out there. Anyway, how about (laughs) before we get all that? Just like to remind everyone, if you enjoyed what you were listening to tonight. This is even better. We would appreciate if you would go out on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and give us a five-star rating or review, or you can give us a follow or subscribe anywhere that you get your podcasts. That way you will get notified anytime that we do drop new episodes. Uh, We're getting kind of into the slow part of the off-season where there's not really much going on until training camp rolls around in a couple of months. So we may not have a ton to talk about in between now and then. 
but we will definitely be back before the season starts to give you some more coverage of the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. Twitter! At Podcast Chiefs. Uh, not only will you get notifications anytime that we do uh, upload a new episode, um, if there is any relevant Chiefs news that goes out there, occasionally we will we will send out tweets that has that information out there. We were definitely very busy on draft weekend with all of the goings on uh, around the Chiefs during that time. So, uh, you know, if you don't have a spot that you're already getting your Chiefs news, we definitely can provide you some of that information there as well. Uh, am I forgetting anything, Gav? How? Oh, sorry. One more thing. If you would like to leave us... Uh, if you would like to leave us a voice message... Oh, yeah, be the third. You could be the third person to leave us a voice message. Putting top top 20 on paper. That's right. Don't know what that means, but he's right. Top twenty, top twenty people that uh, I mean, the first twenty people to send out a uh, a uh, voice message. Yeah, voice message. I uh, you you will become famous and go down in history of our podcast. Of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. So if you uh, if you head down to the description, the podcast notes uh, for this episode, there will be a link to where you can leave us a voice message, and we will play it. Uh, on one of the future episodes, if it's not the, the very next episode we make, it'll definitely be played um, in one of our future episodes. Give us a topic that you'd like us to talk about, or just give us some feedback. Either way, uh, your, your voice message will be definitely appreciated. Um, so now I think we've done all of the things that we need to do, Gav. Is there anything else that we need to do? Can you think of anything else that we need to do before we get out of here? Yes. What's that? Uh, trade for Justin Jefferson. Trade for, uh, well, uh, uh, a couple of things. One, I, I don't think right, the Vikings are going to trade for him. Two, I don't think that we have the ability to acquire him on behalf of the Chiefs. But uh, if we're going to do that, I guess this podcast episode is going to be going on for a long time. How? I don't think that the, the Vikings are going to be trading. Cheese.